Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. The most hated libertarian out there alongside of me is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, the beloved, the omnipotent, the wonderful, who knows just about everything there is to know, mm-hmm. Nathaniel Paul. Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, I'm just feeling inferior as usual. Are you feeling better after your two days off that you had? Kind of. Yeah? Yeah. Still sick? Still sluggish. A little yeah. sluggish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Charlie's been sick, and uh, that's My why- My kid's been sick. His kid was sick. His kid got him mm. sick. You guys know how kids are yep. just going around getting people sick all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's here, and it's Wednesday, which means it's technically White Pill Wednesday, which means we will try to bring you some good things. And in fact, I've got quite a few good things in here mm. after we talk about things that are not good things first. Yeah. All right. right so take your black pills before your white pills. I'll let you know when the official White Pill Wednesday <laughs> actually starts. I wanted to say first, there's a big hurricane about to hit Florida. Climate change. Climate change. <laughs> yes. Also. If you don't think it's real, it's real now. Yeah, look out the window if you don't I, think it's real. I do have a personal story. My wife's uh, grandparents live in Tampa, around mm. Tampa, Clearwater. Yeah. And so they evacuated. They got out of there a couple of days ago and went to uh, her aunt's place in um, in South Carolina. So that's, I'm glad they got out of there. Yeah, and likewise, just kind of the thing I was going to say. I mean, there's a. It's close to a Category Five uh, already. Cl- it's they're saying when it makes landfall, it could be at five. It's at four right now, and just anyone listening in Florida, we hope that everything goes well for you. Good luck. Uh, we're all counting on you to make it through this. And that way you can eventually go to joingmail.com and pay, and pay as little as $6 a month so you can hang out live with us and tell us about your experience in Florida with Did the hurricane. Did you see the Dave Portnoy video? Uh, no. He was he made a video out in the hurricane, basically. Then it has, he, he has to live in Florida to evade taxes. And he was talking about, like, everybody thinks the rich has it easy, but this is what I'm doing. I got to ride out a hurricane <laughs> so I can't, so I can save on my taxes. <laughs> a lot of people who moved to Florida, <laughs> this is with the cost. Yeah. Okay. Freedom isn't free. <laughs> it's not. Cost a buck, oh, five. No joke, though. Everyone stay safe down there. Yeah. Uh, be good. Hunker down. Everything's going to be fine. And hopefully you got some water and hide your stuff kids, like that. hide your wives. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted, so in, I, I guess in the spirit of this, we can go ahead and play this video which is uh, Don Lemon on CNN talking to the NOAA about this hurricane. And I guess we can, this is kind of a white pill because the guy shuts him down when Don Lemon literally tries to blame this current hurricane just on climate change. And the guy from the NOAA was like, uh, no, yeah, no, not, not really. Let's listen to what that sounds like. Can you tell like. us what this is and what effect the climate change has on this phenomenon? 
We, we can come back and talk about climate change uh, at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall, and that's basically the second eye wall has overtaken the original eye wall, and that should arrest development. Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but um, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. Okay. Well, they, uh, listen, I grew up there, and these storms are intensifying. Something is causing them to int intensify. <laughs> Look, no, listen to me. Yeah, listen to me. I grew up there. Listen. Okay. You don't, this shut is up. getting worse. You don't know anything about science, okay? I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, I lived in Florida, and this is worse than what I remember when I lived in Florida. Yeah. Okay? And so it's climate change. Yeah. But what I really, you know, what bothers me about the whole thing is, this guy's trying to talk about this hurricane that's going to be devastating to a lot of people. He's talking about the, the eye wall. And there's a second, this outer eye wall, and I don't know any of cool that stuff Cool science means. shit. Science stuff. And this, the whole time, Don Lemon is just thinking about how, yeah, but climate change. That's what we need to talk about. The guy's like, no, there's a hurricane about to hit Florida right now. I'm trying to tell people about it. But let's talk about climate change, yeah. man. <laughs> so I love the fact that the guy shut him down on it. Uh, I think that that's pretty cool. Uh, I think he he went as uh, down the middle of the road as he could. He said, sure, climate change could be causing uh, these to intensify cumulatively, you know, over time. But On a macro level. One specific event, you can't just say it was because of climate change yeah. because hurricanes happen. Yeah, and they have happened for a long time. So There's a little white pill start off for you right there. Okay, that was an unexpected early white pill because mm. uh, the couple others that we have to talk about first are are not uh, white pills at the moment. I just wanted to, we're paying attention to this deal with the pipeline, the Nord Stream pipeline that's leaking gas into the ocean. And it's pretty crazy because it's uh, widely accepted that this was probably sabotaged. Mm. That this didn't just spring multiple leaks all at the same time. Someone blew this thing up. Oof. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, of course, everyone on the left is saying this is Russia. This is Putin. This is uh, an escalation of their war. And it very well may be Putin, although I think he has, I think he has the least amount to gain from it, unless he's trying to play some other games and blame it on someone else, something like that. Maybe he did it and he's going to try and blame it on Ukraine. And to try and hurt Ukraine and the the financial benefits that they're getting from us. Maybe Ukraine did it. This is a black flag. Yeah. Maybe Ukraine did it and yeah. they're trying to hurt Russia. Maybe Nate did it. Maybe I did it. Maybe Biden did it. For good stories. You know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. a climate change activist did it. I bet a hurricane a, did it. A lot of people talking about how this is like the worst thing for climate change having a long time because uh, gas is 90% methane. And so it's like concentrated climate change. Yes. 
In a bottle. That's in a bottle in a that's pipe. being just sent out yeah. into the atmosphere. Mm. It's like a, a millions to the power uh, 10 to the 30 of cow farts that are leaking mm-hmm. out yep. into the atmosphere right now. It's equivalent to a velvet painting mm-hmm. of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. Farting at the same time. Yes. A lot of methane lot of coming out at the same farts. time. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm, yeah. And so we're in paying, velvet. So yes. we're paying attention to this issue. Who do you think did it, Charlie? Let's speculate wildly. I have no idea. No? I, no, I don't I don't have any conspiracy theories on it yet. You haven't developed a conspiracy theory Not on this? Yet. I, okay. I, my first thought was like, oh, Russia may have done that to try to blame someone. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, the US is good at doing this stuff too. So I love conspiracy theories. Who has theories. more submarines around the ocean floors and can be around these pipelines at these times? And Russia's got some through there. You know, I'm sure I'm we sure probably America got a whole bunch of a... secret ones around there. Yep. Um, there, there's just no telling who did this. Mm-hmm. Man, I was really hoping you'd have a theory. It could have been orcas. I mean, that whales. Yeah. No, well, I dolphins, said, orcas. I, you're right. I said climate change activists. I mean, that falls yeah. into that category. Yeah. You won't believe how smart those orcas are. You oh, know? they're smart. The matriarch system of the, the culture. Yeah. Of that orca. No, I saw Free Willy clan was probably so upset about this pipeline in their habitat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They devised a plan to poke holes in it. That's how much they hate Russia. Yes. It's made it all the way down there mm-hmm. to them. That's right. Okay. All right. This article from CNBC. Sabotage suspected after unexplained leaks found on nah, major skip to the Russian next one, Charlie. gas pipeline. We already covered everything. Never mind. No, so MSN. U.S. Embassy in Russia asks its citizens to leave the country immediately. That's not good. Ooh. <laughs> leave country immediately. Okay. The U.S. Embassy in Russia has issued a new security alert for its citizens, asking them to leave the country immediately despite the few commercial flights due to Russian invasion of Ukraine. In a statement, the diplomatic uh, the dip- diplomatic legation? I don't think that's the right word. I don't think it is either. Delegation? I think it's what? supposed to be delegation. Has warned that commercial flights are extremely limited at present so that at times there are none available. However, it, it has confirmed that land routes remain open. Get in a car. Yeah. <laughs> Drive. If you want to leave Russia, you should take you should make the necessary arrangements as soon as possible. The US Embassy is very limited on offering assistance to Americans and conditions could become increasingly limited. And by the way, legation is a word. It means a diplomatic minister, especially one below the rank of ambassador oh. and their staff. Okay. So, so legation was was right. There you go. All right. Uh, he also noted that Russian government could start denying dual citizenship of Americans and access to consular assistance to prevent their departure from the country after announcing the partial mobilization. U.S. citizens should not travel to Russia and those residing in the country or on Russian territory should leave it immediately. The embassy stressed in a statement in which it confirmed that the authorities will provide all relevant information on the possibility of accessing neighboring countries from Russia, which... This is the most disappointing part because I know Joy Behar had planned a trip <laughs> to Russia yeah. for Moscow, and now she can't go. So that, she missed out on Italy and now Russia, and this is just a travesty. That is the worst part of this whole scenario. Yeah. But I'm just wondering what's coming down the pipeline right now uh, with Ooh, them see what did there. telling people that they need to get out now. Mm. That's scary to me. Yeah, That's not a white pill. Mm-mm. That's scary. I don't know what we're talking about. Charlie and I were talking about this earlier. It's White Pill Wednesday. We're going to get to it. Don't worry. We were talking about this earlier. Like, man, 
I know that we like to joke around about war or whatever. We like to joke around about nuclear war and everything. But I mean, last night I was on the internet and I was looking at the this this company's nuclear winter attire out there. You know, just see what I could wear for nuclear winter. I'm trying to, but it's too late now. The prices have gone up on everything. Yeah. But no, the serious part. See, I even made that a joke. <laughs> the serious part is this would not be a good thing if we escalated with Russia. No. What are we doing? <laughs> it's not good. Just hurl thousands of nukes at each other. It's a, it's, it's a serious thing. It's it. I was telling Nate, I was like, haven't they read those books? You know, <laughs> the destruction of humankind is on each other. Like what? Like what are we gonna do? Yeah, I don't want to do it. I mean, Putin has already said that we all weapons are at our disposal, and we will not hold back. Mm-hmm. By the way, and we're I don't know we're playing with fire here. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. We do have some good white pill videos to play, so we got to get okay. past one more thing. Uh, so today the market was moving up, and it was uh, largely in part to this story right here. The Bank of England is announcing that they're going to start buying government bonds at whatever scale is necessary. They're mm. going to start buying stuff up. Meaning, let me translate that for everyone. Money, money printers go burr is what they're deciding to do in England. Buying right government now. debt directly. Yeah. So that's what's happening right now. Um, what is Miles saying? Where is Charlie? You're right here. I'm, I'm Charlie. I've been here. He's right here. Look. There he is. Mm. Taking a... Sip of water. Where's your cup? Yeah. Where's your big bottle that you've been drinking? It's in out there. Of? It's in the okay. other room. So that's what they're doing. Now, they're blaming the New York Times is blaming all of this on the government's new plan that we talked about. Charlie wasn't here. We talked about on Monday, I believe. And the new plan is that they're going to be cutting taxes on on high income earners. They're not going to be raising the corporate tax rate like they have planned on doing. Mm. They're actually doing a lot of uh they're talking about economic freedom zones. So they're talking about going less government, less mm. taxation in order to spur growth. And so the New York Times says the Bank of England said on Wednesday it would temporarily buy British government bonds, a major intervention in financial markets after the new government's fiscal plans sent borrowing costs soaring higher over the past few days. This all stems from this specific plan. Um, Britain was not in any type of a bad financial situation before that. This stems from the right. new plan to cut taxes. Of course. Now, some of it does because they're talking about cutting taxes at first. It's going to decrease revenues. And remember, they just said that they're going to pay for everyone's electricity bills over a certain amount. And it's going to cost a bunch of money. Yeah. And so, he- yeah. Heating bills, yeah. They're going, to be, uh, they're going to be raising their expenses and temporarily decreasing their incomes. And they're going to be borrowing all the rest of it. The British government's plans to bolster economic growth by cutting taxes, especially for high earners, while spending heavily to protect households from rising energy costs, has been resoundingly rejected by markets and economists, in part because of the large amount of borrowing it will require at the time of rising interest rates. Uh, so the, the, the good part here for the New York Times is that this all started this week. Um, they haven't been in any type of bad financial situation before that. The bad part here is... They're cutting taxes. <laughs> The bad part is not that they're cutting taxes, is that they're just going to send their inflation spiraling because they're going to print a ton of money that they don't have. That's not good. And that's why their markets are doing what their markets are doing. In fact, I think it's a good time. This was going to be played later. But let me throw in, I guess, the first white pill since we're talking about this situation. 
You know, I watch CNBC in the mornings and I watch it because of this guy, Rick Santelli, that's on there. And actually a good, a good amount of these people on CNBC are like free market economists. They go on these rants about how we need to read more Milton Friedman and Ayn Rand and stuff like that. Like that, I like watching the show and it's, I mean, CNBC, the NBC are the last three letters right there. I think it's pretty crazy yeah. that they allow, that's right. have Jeff allowed this. Santelli is based. Rick yeah. Santelli mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is definitely based. So here's his response to what the Bank of England is doing. By at the CME in Chicago, he's been watching this global bond story unfold. And, and Rick, what do you think of the BOE's move today? Well, first of all, I think we, we ought to make a couple of things clear to the audience. Uh, I have been watching what's been going on in bond land and, and, and the globe, but it really isn't just recently. It really does go back to the credit crisis. And to answer or to try to even understand what the Bank of England's doing or how all the ex-government bureaucrats or large institutional ego traders are all complaining that the Bank of England is ruining the world and ruining the markets, they really need to think about what's happened the last dozen years. Okay, we all can't be Japan. Okay, we all can't print our way to prosperity because once you get more than a couple large economies playing the same game, the jig's up for for the most part. And when you add into that COVID, when you add into that shooting ourselves in the foot on energy, nobody's talking about this. Matter of fact, this is not a good thing to say, but in my opinion, there's a big chunk of what's going on in England and the Bank of England that is collateral damage, the first significant collateral damage of the Putin war. Now, I know there's more to it than that, but putting as many people in the UK in energy poverty, this is a big deal. And I think, Becky, that the biggest deal should be that we all need to kind of take a look within our own borders at all the sins that we've all been committing in terms of global economies and understand that what's going on now is just paying the bill. The bill has come due. And the chickens have come to the cow herd. They have. Yeah. Mm. So, so that's good. I actually had two from him in here today. So I think we're going to play the other one. Once again, this is, this is on CNBC. I, we always pinpoint when people are saying things like this on national TV. Now they're talking to mostly traders and people in the financial markets. And so that's why they allow this kind of thing to go on. But what he said was correct. The bill's coming due right now for all of our fiscal policies that we've had. We're mm. spending money that we don't have. We're printing it and we're all dealing with it. And we're dealing with what we're doing in energy, which is what he actually continued to go on about was that we don't do the energy same thing. poverty. Yes, energy poverty. And he talked later, I was watching it live when he talked about this. Uh, he talked later that in the U.S., we make sure that we don't send ourselves into energy poverty also with all of our ridiculous climate change goals. And so he's completely right. Here's another one uh, from a couple days ago, I believe. Because you've been watching the bond markets for a very long time. Yeah, he- it's not only modern uh, monetary theory, it, it was never a good idea. It, it was a, a stupid idea, and, and we're seeing living proof of that. You can't print forever and think you can get away with it. Look at what the pound's doing. But I think if there's a lesson to be learned here, it's the fact that central bankers in general and governments in particular have this unique relationship that we need to find a way to separate. And it isn't necessarily a political relationship, it's an enabling relationship. 
their enablers by these low interest rates and hanging out at zero for so long, they allowed governments to do anything. They allowed companies to remain that should have died. They ruined the entire infrastructure of global finance. And to think that it's going to come together easily or if central banks have any plan, there is no way to put this Humpty Dumpty back together. There needs to be lots of financial destruction first. And from that, the Arizona will rise. The best fertilizer for the global economy right now is for all of these issues, whether it's foreign exchange, government debt, corporates, all of these financial instruments have to be pushed down to some level that represents true risk to value returns versus the pie in the sky valuations and returns that many were getting with virtually no risk. Mm. That's why I watch Squawk Box in the morning because mm. he says a lot of really good stuff like that. Mm-mm-mm. So anyway, that's what the Bank that's of England... something we've been talking about for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like eventually the the chickens are going to come home to roost and yeah. you're going to have to pay... What's that line from the Patriot? I have long feared that my sins would return to visit me. Is the cost going to be more than we can and bear? It, for a lot of people, yes. Yeah. The cost will be more than it some is, people can bear. It is going to be... It is not going to be pretty. I revised my target for the S&P 500, Charlie, Winter just is in coming. case you were wondering. I revised it today. Are you ready? 3,000. There you go. There's mm. my target. Mm. Maybe 3,200, but we'll see. Mm. It's the same thing that you said to me yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so You're welcome. Go on to the next uh, New York Post article there, Charles, about All Nancy right. Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi was booed. In guest appearance at NYC's Global Citizen Musical Festival. Oh, we shifted hard in the white pill Wednesday now, just so you know. Man, if they would just vote her out. I know. Vote somebody else. The House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was not so warmly received when she made a surprise guest appearance at the Global Citizens Music Festival in Central Park on Saturday night. The House Speaker was discussing climate change and cutting carbon emissions in the speech, and some booing was audible from the start. The video show. Quote, as Speaker of the House, I'm here to thank you for your dazzling advocacy, entrepreneurial thinking, and determination as global citizens, she told the crowd after her introduction. It's thanks to your help that the United States recently enacted historic climate legislation, which will be a game changer, she said. It will slash, as the rumble continued, by the way, it will slash carbon pollution by 40% by 2030. It will give us a historic 370 billion to fight the climate crisis. Now, of course, I'm not doing a very good drugged up impression here. <laughs> she tried to continue her speech saying the bill would result in quote, better water and air for our children, the children. Yeah. As well as better paying jobs and lower energy bills for their parents. The annual music fest offers free tickets to a bunch of people. Global citizen tweeted out its thanks. Thank you. Well, hold on. That part you just skipped over is important. Okay. Here are the people that are at this event. They offer free tickets to tens of thousands of fans who take action toward ending extreme poverty. Mm. And that is who is making up a large portion of the crowd. Just so you know. Okay. This festival featured major, major acts such as Metallica, Usher, Mariah Carey, and the Jonas Brothers who performed for the Great Lawn. And I know everything that Nancy Pelosi said sounded great, but this is what it actually sounded like. I couldn't talk. The Speaker of the House, I'm here to thank you for Nancy Pelosi. Why is everybody booing? 
So <laughs> that's what it sounded like. Oh, it's gold. <clears throat> Pretty good stuff. <laughs> that is a good white bill. The thing is, even if people that are there do agree with like whatever it is that she was saying, she is not the person they want to hear it from because she's been exposed as the insider trading corrupt politician that mm. she is. Yep. And so even a lot of these people here, they're they're not down with that. And so at first I felt, you know, I always have like empathy for people, even if I'm mad at them about stuff. So naturally I felt kind of bad for her. Like that's embarrassing to go out in front of a crowd of people and they're booing you yeah. while you're trying to give a speech about something that they probably agree with and they're just booing you. But at the end of the day, she deserves it. And so tough love it is. Hey, yep. There you she, go. She deserves it. Okay, next I'm thing. I'm sure she took plenty of pills before that. All right, next, next thing here. Here's one that I've been waiting for White Pill Wednesday to talk about. So there's a lot of protests going on in Iran. Been going on recently. And this is over the death of someone that was in police custody. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, this is some of what those protests look like. Let me get back to the beginning here. We don't really need the sound on this, but you can see thousands and thousands of people out there protesting the government right now uh, because of someone who died while in police custody. And that's awesome. It's good to see people protesting when they're treated terribly by their government. They've obviously got a pretty tyrannical regime mm. over there. We know that. And so what are they resorting to? They're resorting to shutting down the internet, which is what tyrannical regimes do. And so who steps in to work on saving the day? None other than the worst, most exploitative, terrible billionaire. billionaire mm. Dr. Evil himself. Dr. Evil, terrible fascist. Elon Musk stepping in. And I think it's important to note what Costco said, that she was murdered by the government for not wearing a uh, hijab. Yes. So that's in the that's, story I was about to read. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> yeah. So Elon Musk said he would activate his Starlink satellite internet service in Iran in response to news that the U.S. Treasury would grant special permission for companies to provide internet services to the country. So we couldn't do it at first because there were sanctions on Iran and mm -hmm. he, he couldn't do it. And so he had to get permission to go do it. Iranians are suffering widespread internet outages as Iran's government tries to quell widespread anti-government protests. Authorities have blocked access to services like Instagram, WhatsApp, Skype. Iran's protests began September 16th after the death in police custody of 22-year-old Masa Amini, who had been arrested by the country's morality police for violating rules on dress code. Her death sparked widespread demonstrations as Iranians vented frustrations with the country's dress, dress code and yes, like was previously mentioned, it is because it's not because she wasn't wearing the headdress she was supposed to. She had it on, but there was too much hair showing. Mm. Can you imagine? I mean, geez. Yeah. This is something luckily that we can all everyone, also, I think left and right, we can all agree this is this is insane. Could you imagine having a, a morality police? <laughs> like kind of. What the hell? I mean, we have a morality police that just, they allow hair and stuff like that. The morality police, I mean, they go around getting drugs from people. Yep. That's a, that's a moral. Mm. That's a, that's a, a moral policing thing that they are doing. So we, we have it a little bit, but not obviously not to the extent that they have there in Iran with something as simple as showing your hair. And I've, I've told the story some before, but 
I haven't traveled through Iran. I did travel through Saudi Arabia and uh, Bahrain and some other countries like that. We had a, a we had a girl with us. Kuwait, Kuwait, different places. Some of the more strict places. We were a little bit worried, and she did have to learn how to put on the what's it called? Hijab. Hijab. She had to learn how to put that on, and it was a uh, it was stressful going through those places there mm. for a minute. Uh, I but bet. We, and there was the time that she almost got arrested because she, even though she had to wear a job anywhere we went, she just popped out her bikini at the pool <laughs> at the place. <laughs> and uh, that didn't go over very well at oh. all. Just people swarmed her immediately. Oh, no. Yelling at her. So anyway, it was pretty crazy. T-Dub said, yeah, I can't get beer on Sunday. Did you have plenty of police? There's a morality police. Did you have, did the security team have to help her with that? With uh, the Would bikini? She, yeah. Well, they, they came out there and told her that she had to cover herself back up. Yeah. Oh. Wait, not the security team that was with us. Oh, no, okay. it was the hotel. Oh. We didn't have, that was in Bahrain. We only had the security team in Kuwait. Gotcha. So, which is apparently like the most dangerous place we went. Doesn't seem like it would be. <laughs> anyway, how cool is this? You get, this is a typical thing. Governments want to shut down communication because they don't want you to be able to organize and protest against them. And so they decide they're going to shut down the internet, which is a way that people get together and decide they're going to go out and protest or they spread the news stories out of what's happening and uh, all the things that the government's doing. And they shut down the internet so those stories can't be spread. And so those uh, plans can't be made. And so it's a typical thing. You see it in all of these regimes whenever this kind of thing start, when the protests start popping up. And here comes Elon. I, I would love to hear what Bernie Sanders has to say about this. Yeah. Like his tweet from last week where he said that you know, billionaires just doing things, you know, for their own, for their own benefit in well, space. Well, it's not like he's not going to make money from this. But I'm sure he will. At the same time, it, this is this is what we call that's mutually um, beneficial, mm-hmm. right? This is what this is why we talk about why capitalism is the best thing is because Musk's incentive for capital meets the incentive for folks wanting to connect to the internet when they don't have an option. True. So that's mutually beneficial. That's the best way to do to to do things. Like maybe he didn't create Starlink for this specific purpose. It was his desire to make money off of Starlink that's going to end up saving a lot of people's lives and connect people around the world. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and there, was, there was a moral incentive to that as well. So, okay. Next thing on here, we got a couple more climate change things that we'll talk about. The first one I have is actually this kind of debate <clears throat> that was going on in this uh, testimony. Uh, that I wanted to pull up real quick and play for you. And uh, the, the person that he's talking to, Get your get your blood boiling a little bit, but the way that this guy, the way that the Higgins here handled this, man, he crushed it. With, with all due respect to our, our panelists today, I'm not quite sure some of you are connected to reality. What would you do with petrochemical products? Like everything you have, your clothes, your glasses, the car you got here on, your phone, the table you're sitting at, the chair, the carpet under your feet, everything you've got is petrochemical <clears throat> products. What would you do with that? Tell the world. If I had that power in the world, 
what actually I don't need that power because what I would do is ask you, sir, from Louisiana. I'm giving you the to power. Search, You're presenting to search you, sir, from Louisiana, father. to search your heart when, and understand why the EPA knows that toxic petrochemical facilities My are some of the lady. most toxic, I'm polluting trying, facilities in the ball, world boo. and are killing black people throughout Louisiana. Okay, so my so first thing would to be you to search your you heart consume. and ask your God what you are doing to the black and poor people in Louisiana. You've got no answer, do you, young lady, about what to do with petrochemical products. So I'll move on. What are you going to do with ocean-going vessels? What do you do with the maritime industry? Well, we could, uh, again, I would ask you to search your heart for what is happening on you the coast no of Louisiana. Of course we like, do. You, you we need to move away from petrochemicals. We need to shut down the petrochemical facilities in your state and move the, away the from plastic. Run. We need the to move away from function. it. You couldn't there are, it's insane. It what would you do with the aviation the only industry? Thing that would not you know what you got, young lady? You got a lot of noise, but you got no answers. Because... Democrats and climate activists love to sue petrochemical projects and energy projects, including LNG plants, which represent the hope of the entire world to reduce emissions. And nowhere is it done more clean than in the United States of America. Why you got 125,000 miles of pipeline in Louisiana? Young lady, because it's Louisiana. It's where you get your energy from. It's where you get your petrochemical products from. Everything you use, everything you're wearing, your clothes, your shoes, your glasses, your phone, your iPad, the vehicle you got here in, the plane you flew here on, all of that requires petrochemical products and the energy that's drawn out of Louisiana. So, yeah, we have pipelines. It's the safest means by which to transport energy product. It's safer than rail. It's safer than vehicle. It's safer than by water. And LNG, for God's sakes, the entire world has reduced emissions because of LNG projects out of Louisiana. But a Louisiana energy, energy company cannot come into Louisiana without getting sued by the left. You talk about protests and First Amendment rights. I would like for anyone here that could define for me how it's okay to vandalize equipment on a legally operating project, like a pipeline in Louisiana, and say that that's all right. To go and destroy equipment, vandalize equipment. That's not protest, that's against the law, and you should be arrested. Yeah, there you go. How about that? There's that. I thought he handled that pretty well. I was impressed. He's got the the old Louisiana accent. <laughs> He's got it. Not a, not quite as heavy as what I've heard no. before, but but yeah, he had a good good Louisiana accent. Good lady. <laughs> Called her good lady. <laughs> okay, one more. It's our God. What? It's our God. <laughs> one uh, more. This one was hilarious. So, same kind of thing here. Only a lot funnier. Let's play this one. For example, so we would have to apply to have like approved events to be able to fly for. Well, that's one thing that you could look at doing. Am I allowed to go to Fiji? Is that necessary? In the current climate crisis, I don't think that that's necessary. When was the last time you were on a plane? Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a few months ago, to be honest. Where'd you go? Fiji. Izzy, <laughs> Izzy, I almost you care spit about the my water Izzy? out. Of course, I care about the climate. Not enough. You went to <laughs> you went to Fiji. <laughs> Izzy, come on, mate. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious, Izzy? No, it's Are you, pretty are you still there? It is pretty ironic, but to be honest, it's not really a trip that I wanted to go on, but I can't really get out of it. Why'd you go? Why'd you go? My parents wanted to go. Izzy. I didn't want to go. How, are you embarrassed that your parents did that to the planet and then forced you to do it as well? <laughs> of course I'm not embarrassed. 
Did you have Did a you terrible have time? Not really. I didn't have <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Mate, listen, you're such a champion. I think... <laughs> That was, was gold. I was so excited that you were taking a drink of water at that exact time because I, I knew you were about to spit it out. It out. Oh, oh man. my god, that's so good. It just poor girl, <laughs> she's got a lot to learn. Oh, oh man, that's good stuff. Wow. So, what did you take away from all that climate change stuff, Charlie? It's uh, rules for thee, not for me. Exactly. Yep. It's easy to go out there and talk about what other people should do. But when it comes to doing it in your own life, uh, not not quite as easy yeah. anymore. A credit to her for being mostly honest. <laughs> she could have lied. And she said, oh, I know it's kind of ironic. It's not ironic. It's hypocritical. Right. Right. It's not ironic. Yeah. You literally just told this woman that she shouldn't go to Fiji because of the current climate situation. And then it's so perfect. You went to Fiji a couple months ago. It was ago. almost so perfect that I wonder if the uh, news anchor radio host whoever it was uh knew that this girl had gone to fiji before yes. she asked about it yeah. i mean that was that was so perfect yes that was gold okay so you always gotta you always gotta point it out when stuff like that gets called out there i love it uh that was you know we got a couple medical things in here i just wanted to say really quick because they are cool we don't have to go through the whole stories but there are some good things happening. Biogen stock blew up today because they had promising results on an Alzheimer's medication that the FDA is currently reviewing. That would be and awesome. Whether or not they're going to grant early approval. Now, their stock exploded because the speculation is that the government will pay for this for people because of Medicare and stuff like that. If it's one that Medicare would actually pay for. It had re reduced cognitive and functional decline by 27% relative to the placebo. So that was really good. And then there was another one out of Israel saying that they found two different antibodies uh, that fight all of the known COVID strains right now. And they're actually doing it like better than the vaccine. They're saying like 94%, 92% uh, for Omicron, 97% uh, with Delta on one of them. So you're right around the 90s. And so that's a good thing as well. We're talking like, uh, like, like they think you can take these and then you're good. After that, you don't have to worry about these boosters every time. I know the COVID's kind of... Oh, it's over, but... It's over, but they are still coming out with these boosters. It's still killing people, you know, mostly old people or people that have pre-existing conditions. But hey, if they got something coming out that's just going to fight all of the variants that there could possibly be, that's a good thing because we don't like death. No, I'm against death. I wouldn't recommend anyone force someone to take any of these antibodies. But I like the idea. I did see a video out of the UK, I believe, where they were questioning uh, the countries. They were doing a comparative analysis. This was on like British news, where they were doing a comparative analysis of uh, countries in similar size, ones that got the vaccines and ones that didn't, and then what the death rate was. And the countries that didn't get the vaccine, there wasn't wide adoption of the vaccine. We had a significantly lower death rate than the ones who did get the vaccine. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I think that could be a lot of people got the jab and they were running around everywhere because now they were safe. Yeah. yeah. But they weren't because, because Rachel they, were still, they were still carrying the disease. They mm -hmm. just didn't have the symptoms. And so they were still passing it on to all the people who couldn't get the disease. Whereas the people in the countries that didn't, they kind of probably 
well, one, it was natural immunity and they kind of stayed away and, and did all those things. So it's uh yeah, that's a very interesting, I can't believe I saw that. I saw, well, I saw somebody post a video. It was something on British, like literal British TV, like a news. I also saw yesterday uh, when I was going to bring the video, I forgot to do it. One of the FDA, someone on the FDA advisory committee was talking to someone on CNN and he was saying that he doesn't recommend uh, recommending the newest booster for kids for people under the age of 18 because they don't know whether or not there's any added benefit for it. And he says, well, you know, we haven't done actually any human trials on it and kids are already pretty safe. And so you want to wait until enough people take it, you know, if uh, so before you recommend it for children. Mm -hmm. I thought the person he was talking to, I was going to play it because her face while he was saying this stuff. I mean, (laughs) it said everything. It was great. Um, all right, y'all, we're going to do something a little bit different here. Uh, we're going to end the show by telling everyone that they should go to join Gmail and God hates feds and, and share in it and everything. And then we're going to play a video to end the podcast. And I know it's weird and I might lose all of you. You might not be as interested in this as I was. Okay. So I know it's weird. I get it. But I watched a video today that it's nine minutes long. I came so- in the office. <clears throat> Nate was crying. It got me emotional. He was weeping. It got me emotional. And I thought it was knees. perfect for White Pill Wednesday. I was on not weeping. I was with not his hands weeping. in the air, weeping. I was curled up in a ball, crying <laughs> in the corner of the office when Charlie got here. No, it made me feel good. And oh. I was like, it's White Pill Wednesday. Yes. Now, this is it's very deep, very philosophical. And it's from Neil deGrasse Tyson, who you might not agree with everything on. But I watched it because I found it interesting, and then it went in a direction that I, I, I did not expect mm. it to go and left me feeling good. Yeah. Okay, so... So what we're trying to say is enjoy this uh, video, mm-hmm. and we want you to share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. Go to JoinGML, God Hates Feds, Nate'sCrashCourse.com. Go to all those things. Support us and all those things. Enjoy the video if you're watching live or later on YouTube, and enjoy the audio on the podcast. Suppose we lived forever. One practical problem? If everyone born never dies. In the early days of our country, there were only about 4 million people. And though we reported last year that the world's population grew by 100 million. And if people keep making babies, then Earth's population will rapidly outstrip the resources to support it. So the day we stop dying must also be the day we find another orb to accommodate our overproduction of air-breathing humans. This need for extra planets will never cease. But the universe is vast. And just in our small sector of the galaxy, the catalogs are now rising through 5,000 known exoplanets. We just need to invent terraforming technologies and either warp drives or wormhole transportation systems, and all will be fine. But why do we long to live forever? We want to live forever because we fear death. We fear death because we are born knowing only life. Yet we don't fear having never been born. While it's surely better to be alive than dead, it's even better to be alive at all than to not ever exist. Religion through the ages has offered detailed accounts for what happens after death. 
For some, it includes what happened before you were born, a basic tenet of reincarnation. Science doesn't have much to say about Valhalla, or Elysium, or Hades, or heaven, or hell, or the spirits of your ancestors. The methods and tools of science do, however, make cold, concrete statements about what happens when you die. Upon death, there is no evidence that you experience the consciousness you enjoyed while alive. The electrochemical source of all your thoughts, feelings, and sensory awareness of the universe, your brain, which normally lights up an MRI, becomes starved of oxygen. We know that's you disappearing because people who experience a series of ultimately fatal strokes tragically and systematically lose function of their mind and body as they descend into a state of non-existence. That's not as odd as it sounds. Were you conscious before you were conceived? Did you complain? Where am I? How come I'm not on Earth? No, you simply didn't exist. And if you're lucky to be born, your non-existence before life bookends your non-existence after death. Consider that humans are typically conceived in the single most intimate act of human affection. We then gestate in utero for nine months, suckle for another 12 months, and require continual care through our toddler years. Afterward, humans attend elementary school to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. In middle school and high school, we also learn biology, chemistry, and maybe physics. We read works of literature, we learn history and the arts, might even play sports. Lifelong friendships germinate from these activities. We may also learn languages spoken by other humans around the world. We participate in all the seasonal rituals that we retain in modern society as a binding force that brings us together. Adulthood arrives. 21 years go by. At a speed of 30 kilometers per second, Earth completed 21 orbits around the sun, a total of 20 billion kilometers through space. All along, humans invent, refine, and perfect anti-personnel weapons such as landmines, assault rifles, missiles, and bombs, any one of which can end a life in an instant. Wars have taken a staggering and tragic toll on human life since pre-civilization. Yet even excluding organized armed conflict, humans find reasons to murder other humans at a rate that exceeds 400,000 per year. Yes, worldwide, humans commit homicide more than a thousand times per day. Do you know do you really know how precious life is? The total number of people who have ever been born is about 100 billion. Yet the genetic code that generates viable versions of us is capable of at least 10 to the 30th variations. That astronomically huge number is a one followed by 30 zeros, providing a million, trillion, trillion possible souls. Run through them all, and eventually we end up with you again, 
or at least your twin. But that won't happen anytime soon. So far, our branch of the Tree of Life has produced no more than 0.0000000000000001% of all possible humans, forcing the conclusion that most people who could ever exist will never even be conceived. Each of us, for all practical purposes, is unique in the universe, now and forever. Being alive is the time to celebrate being alive, every waking moment. All along the way, why not strive to make the world a better place today than yesterday, simply for the privilege of having lived in it? On my deathbed, I'd be sad to miss the clever inventions and discoveries that arise from our collective human ingenuity, presuming the systems that foster such advances remain intact. That's what fueled the exponential growth of science and technology in my lifetime. I'd further wonder whether civilization's arc of social progress will continue with all its fits and starts and thus reward any time traveler from the oppressed spectrum of humanity who chose to visit the future rather than the past. On the whole, I don't fear death. Instead, I fear a life where I could have accomplished more. An epitaph worthy of a tombstone comes from the 19th century educator Horace Mann. I beseech you to treasure up in your hearts these my parting words. Be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. Our primal urge to keep looking up is surely greater than our primal urge to keep killing one another. If so, then human curiosity and wonder, the twin chariots of cosmic discovery, will ensure that starry messages continue to arrive. These insights compel us for our short time on Earth to become better shepherds of our own civilization. Yes, life is better than death. Life is also better than having never been born. But each of us is alive against stupendous odds. We won the lottery only once. We get to invoke our faculties of reason to figure out how the world works. We also get to smell the flowers. We get to bask in divine sunsets and sunrises and gaze deeply into the night skies they cradle. We get to live and ultimately die in this glorious universe.